to optimize the strength and resilience of your brain, you need to work on five different types of physical exercise. One, aerobic training. Two, strength training. Three, flexibility. Four, posture. Five, balance. Hi, I'm excited that you're listening to this MindRamp podcast on how physical exercise and movement contribute to brain health and mental agility. I'm Michael C. Patterson, your host and guide through this exploration of MindRamp's essential cogwheels of brain health. And in this episode, we're going to focus on physical exercise and movement. What kind of exercise and movement do you need to do to optimize the health and well-being of your brain? In brief, aerobic exercise, strength training, flexibility exercises, and work on posture and balance. As with all of the cogwheels, this approach follows the combinatorial principle. To get the best effect to optimize your results, you need to work on all of these types of exercise in a combinatorial manner. Each one contributes to your physical and mental well-being in a different way, and they have a synergistic effect on each other. The sum of the whole, the, the combination, is greater than that of the individual parts. Let me use my exercise challenges as an example. I'm now 72 years old. On my 40th birthday, a friend of mine, as a joke, gave me a coupon for Bally's Gym. They were offering a a free demonstration of their circuit training in the hopes, of course, that you would love it and become a regular member of the gym. But with circuit training, you do about, oh, 15 to 30 seconds of lifting and pushing and pulling and so on on a specific piece of equipment. Then, without much pause, you move to the next piece of equipment until you've worked your way around about, well, maybe 15 different pieces of equipment, 15 different types of exercise. So I started doing the exercises, and I thought I was in decent shape, and uh, the exercises were... We're not really that hard. But about halfway through, the trainer who was guiding me started asking me if I felt okay. I said, yeah, sure, I feel fine. Then a minute later, it said, are you sure you feel okay? I said, what was wrong with this guy? Did he think a, a 40-year-old man was incapable of doing this stupid circuit training? Well, when I finished the last machine, I stood up, And boom, I was hit with this wave of dizziness. The the trainer grabbed me, told me to lie down on the floor just to breathe easily. My head was spinning. I felt like I might black out. The trainer said, this happens sometimes. The exercise causes blood to be directed to your muscles that are doing the work and away from your extremities. So your brain is just feeling this blood deficit. It'll pass in a minute. Apparently, my face had become pale halfway through the exercises, and the trainer recognized the signs of what was happening. Anyway, I rested on the floor for a while. I was fine, but it was a wake-up call. I was really embarrassed and a little humiliated that I wasn't in the kind of physical shape that I thought I was in. So from then on, I was much more diligent about working regular exercise into my weekly schedule. 
but it wasn't until much more recently that I really adopted a comprehensive and combinatorial approach to physical exercise. About five years ago, after moving to Los Angeles, my wife and I got into the habit of going for a vigorous 14-mile bike ride in nearby Griffith Park. This was terrific aerobic exercise for the both of us. It kept our heart rate elevated into the aerobic zone for 35 to 45 minutes and felt great to get outside and into nature. I mean, riding a bike was fun. We usually rode three or four times a week. For a while, that was my entire workout routine. So what was wrong with this picture? Well, I was getting the aerobic exercise and the bike pedaling built the muscles in my legs, but I wasn't doing anything to really exercise or build muscles in my upper body. My wife commented that my sports jacket was beginning to look too big for me. The muscles in my shoulders and chest, in other words, were shrinking. Ugh. Well... Some might say that muscle loss is normal as you approach age 70, but that attitude seemed like a cop-out to me. I believe, in theory, that we lose muscles and muscle tone as we age largely because we stop using our muscles. We don't use them the way we used to use them when we were younger. So I was motivated to prove this theory and to do more than just talk the talk. I had to do what I was recommending that other people do. I had to start doing something to increase muscle mass in my upper body. Well, in all parts of my body, really. We belonged to a fitness place, and I tried pumping iron, but I didn't get to the gym on a regular basis, and I didn't really enjoy the workout. Further, I not only needed to add strength training to my exercise regimen, I also needed to improve my flexibility, my balance, and my posture. All of these physical conditions tend to deteriorate a bit as we get older. But again, the question is why? Why do they deteriorate? Is this deterioration a part of the natural aging process? Or is it a result of reduced practice and exercise? Do we lose them because we no longer use them? The most likely answer is a combination of both. And perhaps a more useful question is why do some people lose it a lot faster than others? There is some inevitable degradation with age, but that deterioration is clearly accelerated and made worse if we stop moving and stop challenging our body. What I want for myself is to slow down the decline as much as possible. I want to remain physically active for as long as possible. So, how was I going to do that? I'll get back to that question in a minute, but first might be useful to explore why flexibility, balance, and posture are important. The simple answer is that without them, you can't do anything. You can't move properly. You can't carry out normal activities of daily living. Your body begins to contract and you get out of shape. As your ability to move is reduced, your world gets smaller and less fulfilling. Without the full combination of these elements, your body shrinks and your ability to interact with life is reduced. Let me take flexibility. One of my goals for longevity, for graceful aging, if you will, is to maintain flexibility of my body and flexibility of my mind. I like the idea of flexibility. 
It implies that body and mind are capable of performing within the full range of their potential. It implies adaptability and resilience. Getting old shouldn't automatically mean that it's difficult to get up out of a chair or or even to get up from a seat on the floor. It shouldn't mean that you can't dance or run around and play with your grandchildren. But in order to do these things, we need to maintain our flexibility. Muscles, bones, and joints need to be able to stretch, to twist, and to bend. How about balance? One of the most dangerous accidents in older adults is falling down, especially if it results in the breaking of brittle bones. Balance helps you stay upright. The interesting thing about balance is that you can practice it. If you practice balancing, your balance will improve. But how often do we practice keeping our balance? One suggestion is to practice balancing while brushing your teeth. Good dental hygiene recommends brushing for two full minutes. So stand on one foot for one minute and then switch to the other foot for the second minute every time you brush your teeth. The sink is right there so you can grab onto it if you start to tip over. Your balance is also affected by the strength of your legs and the the strength of your core muscles. It's hard to stand on one foot if your leg and core muscles are weak. They get tired and shaky really fast. So strength and balance go together. Practice balance and increase the strength of your legs and you'll minimize the danger of falling down. And if you're flexible, you can fall down more gracefully and minimize the potential for damage. All right, so what about posture? Why is good posture important? Well, for one thing, it looks good. I mean, you cut a much more attractive figure if you're standing straight and tall than you do if you're stooped over. But there's more to it than vanity. Our skeletons do a great job of holding us upright, but it's a tricky balance. Good posture makes it easier to stand upright because all of the bones and joints are in alignment. They are stacked properly on top of each other. They're balanced. When your bones and joints are in alignment, your muscles can relax. The muscles don't need to do so much work to hold you in place, to keep you from falling over. When you aren't in alignment, the muscles are doing the, this hard work and they get, they get tired and achy, which contributes to chronic aches and pains. Muscles that are overused can get stretched too far, while muscles that are underused will shrink. I mean, think about what happens when you hunch your shoulders and stoop over. The muscles in your chest contract while the muscles on your back expand. If you are constantly in this stooped position, your chest muscles will become permanently contracted and your back muscles will be permanently stretched. When that happens, it's harder for you to stand up straight. When you try to lift your torso, the contracted muscles in your chest resist and the flabby muscles in your back are no help at all because they can't contract enough. So the stooping just gets worse and worse. All right, so back to my search for a good combinatorial workout routine. I had the aerobics covered with bike riding, but I didn't have anything to cover strength training, flexibility, posture, and balance. My wife has been doing yoga for years, and uh, she found a yoga studio she liked that was just two blocks from our apartment. Now, for some reason, I had resisted doing yoga. But as I thought about it, joining my wife for two or three classes a week had lots of benefits, not the least of which was spending more time with my wife. 
And the more I thought about it, the clearer it became that I could cover all of the exercise bases I needed by practicing yoga. The yoga poses clearly exercise flexibility and balance. The poses are performed more easily and more effectively when the body is in proper alignment, so yoga improves posture. But does yoga build muscle strength? Would yoga build up my strength and improve my muscle tone? This was a big revelation. Yoga requires a lot of strength. But the great thing is that you can build strength slowly. You can start out with easier poses, and then when you get stronger, graduate to more difficult ones. As you get stronger, you hold the poses longer. So I began doing yoga with my wife and got my full combinatorial exercise regime in place. It was great. And one of the really exciting things about uh, my yoga practice is that at age 72, I am experiencing improvement. I'm getting stronger. I'm more flexible now than I have been in decades. My balance is greatly improved. There's this um, standard yoga pose called tree pose, in which you stand on one leg, you, you bend the other leg and hold that foot against your standing thigh. And when I started yoga, I, I could hold maybe for five or 10 seconds and then I topple over. Now I can hold it for a minute. I feel really comfortable and solid with it. So at my age, I'm not supposed to be building muscle and improving my physical conditioning. I'm supposed to be acting my age and deteriorating, but I'm not. I'm even doing poses that I would never have been able to do when younger. I can just about get into a handstand without using a wall to find my balance. It's a crazy arm balance called crow. You balance on two hands and then rest your knees on your elbows and lift your feet off the ground. I can do that now. I can even do side crow with both knees balanced on one elbow. I share this not to brag. Well, maybe a little bragging will be excused, but more to demonstrate that such things are possible even at age 72. My wife, by the way, who is a year younger than I am, can do much more than I can. She's amazingly strong and flexible. Younger students in her yoga classes tell her she's an inspiration to them. She busts stereotypes about aging, and she says, well, I gotta keep doing it so that I can keep doing it. That's right. Use it or lose it. Um, I should say one thing about my posture. I'm, I'm still working on posture. I spend way too much time hunched over the computer. But the yoga keeps me flexible so that when I remember to stand up or sit straight, my muscles are able to do what I ask them to do. So the point is, find movement and exercises that stimulate and improve all five of these key areas. Don't let your age or current physical condition be an excuse to do nothing. Do whatever you can do and keep doing it until it becomes easy. And then go a smidgen further, do a little bit more and just keep doing it. So to summarize, you need regular aerobic workouts that get your heart pumping a bit faster. And remember, as you exercise, to breathe slowly through your nose. Don't gasp for air with an open mouth. You need to challenge and strengthen all the muscles in your body, including your legs, your core, your chest, your shoulders, and your arms. 
You need to keep stretching and twisting to keep your muscles and bones flexible. And you need to practice and improve your balance. Finally, you need to stand and sit with good posture so that your muscles and bones fall into proper alignment. I hope my yoga example illustrates the idea that you can find activities that cover a number of these exercise bases at the same time. In a previous podcast, we talked about the hotel maid study. The hotel maids got a good workout just from doing their regular cleaning activities of mopping and scrubbing and walking up and down stairs and making beds and pushing carts and so on. And the point of the study was that they got more benefit from the exercise when they were mindful about it, when they were aware that what they were doing was good for them. You can get a, a good workout by going for a vigorous walk, for example. Walk fast enough to get your heart pumping. And that'll be a different pace for each of you, but you can, you can figure that out for yourself. Walking exercises your balance. The process of standing up requires balance. And moving in an erect stance, walking or jogging, requires even more balance. So walking is a balanced workout. Swing your arms and legs around so that you can stay flexible. The famous baseball pitcher Satchel Paige kept pitching in the major leagues well into his 40s, and he lived a long and healthy life. And when asked his secrets of healthy longevity, he said, in part, quote, I jangle when I walk, end quote. I love that. Try it. Stand up tall, lift up on your toes a little bit, and just give your body a nice jangle. Let the muscles relax. Do a little shaking and baking. <laughs> and then settle back down. Feel your bones and joints just sort of fall into place. Jangle yourself into good posture and proper alignment. And of course, you can jangle when you walk. How much exercise do you need to do? Well, for now, let's just leave it at a simple answer of more. You need to do more than you are doing now. You can learn a lot more about physical exercise and movement from our textbook, Strong Brains, Sharp Minds, which is available online uh, through our website or through smashwords.com, S-M-A-S-H-W-O-R-D-S.com. You just need to go in and search under my name, Michael C. Patterson, and the books that we have will come up. You have to join Smashwords, but it's free, and it's just you have to do it the first time. But after that, you can get in and get the book. And of course, in our coaching practice, we work with people if they are wanting to get into a regular physical exercise regime, but are having problems doing it and sticking with it. We can obviously work with you to help you help you do that. So... Talk to you next time. Keep mind ramping to live long and live well.